Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. Dracula. One Frankenstein. One weekly discussion of comics, city, and culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode that, 119. 119. One Frankenstein, huh? You're a di- you're the doctor. Mm, I, I wanted to be the monster. I'm pretty monstery. I can make We can just re- re-record that and put one monster, but that's not as fun. No, I, I, it's synonymous. You know, someone gets a tattoo of Frankenstein. It's not a picture of Gene Wilder. True. That's true. Although, I, I don't know. I, it, that has its merits as well. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't care about, uh, about Mary Shelley. It was a, it's a good book. I, I disagree, but that's fine. Really? You don't like it? I really don't like it. I like the kind I, of, I, the I, tragic I never, monster figure. Uh. He's smart. I like that. It's, I don't know. I, I, I liked 1984 and you didn't like it. I, I don't care for Frankenstein. Not that I don't like 1984. I think it's overrated. I, and I think Frankenstein's overrated. It probably is. I mean, most, most canonical literature is overrated. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But it's unfair to judge it by today's standards. It is. Way. It is. I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a superior version of Frankenstein and call it Clanktronicus. Sounds good. I'm on board. It's gonna be perfect. Hey, Hansomites. Some, some smart discussion there about literature. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We're SMRT up in here. SMRT. Uh, we've got some good comic books to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. Question mark? Oh, I see. I, I threw some drama in there because you don't, now you don't, now, now look, guys, I can't talk. Now you know. <laughs> now you don't know if we like the comics we read this week or not. I like I like some of them. Yeah, me too. Uh, but we are reading uh, King Come for Nerbo Book Club, which should uh, mm-hmm. have some. I I think we'll have some interesting discussion about that. Looking uh, forward to it. Yeah. Uh, but first, we have some books that came out this week to talk about, yeah. Eric. Not not twenty years ago. Not twenty years ago, but like Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woden's Day. Is that how you, is that how you say it? Yeah, it's uh, it's named after Odin, like literally, like Woden. So, sir, I should just say that every time and everyone will know what I'm talking about? No, no one will know what you're talking about except nerds, which is why you should say it every time. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review the week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them, uh, engage uh, based on what you know about us, if you should also do the same. You should do the same, because we're smart. Mm-hmm. SMRT, it's, it's established already. It, it has been established. Now we've said it a couple times. We have. Uh, our first book this week is our uh, only indie book uh, for this week. It is I Hate Fairyland, number one, story and art by Scotty Young, colors Jean-Francois Belot. Some good talking. Lettering Nate Picos, a blambot. Old Nate. Yep. I follow him on Twitters. He's a he's a smart guy. I, yeah, like I, I I have a lot of respect for his talent. Yeah, he's uh and then and logo designed by Ryan Hughes. Uh I think Fairyland Elevator Pitch um is a little girl gets her wish and goes into kind of the 
into a fairyland, kind of a, a Wizard of Oz type thing, sort of. It's Candylandish. Candy, maybe. yeah. There's some, yeah. It's you know, it's full of fairies and witches. But, yeah, and right. It's that kind of little kid world, Neverland kind of thing. Yeah, but instead of her just being there for a very short time, she got stuck there for decades. It's- Nearly 30 years. Yeah, and she is apparently aging inside, but her body is still that of a child. Mm-hmm. So she is now a basically an adult in a child's body stuck in this place that she doesn't want to be in. That is full of, like, saccharin uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. At least for the, sort of. It, it, uh, Eric, what do you think about this? I'm... I need what 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 is this? is this do you like this <laughs> It really doesn't look like something I would like does it No it does not No I every like fiber of my being is like revolting at this and saying like you shouldn't enjoy this but y- you know I I like it Okay I I really do like it Um I think it's nice to see Scotty really flex his cartooning muscles and I mean, he's he's doing some really good classic cartoon stuff. The color really works to make the book just not grody and gross. It, it, I think it 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 looks exactly like it should. You know, it's bright and happy and cheerful, and it it makes me think of some books that we've read recently. What was um, it wasn't the Van Jensen book? Who was the? It was another fairy tale story, but it was about uh, like the the detective. Ah, uh, um, that was. Uh... Paul Jenkins writing it. Paul Jenkins writing it. Uh, Wasn't it a Humberto Ramos stories? He at least did a cover. He might have done an interior as well. Um, Some fiction. Well, I think that that really my point about that was, and I think you're right, it is something fiction. Fiction Squad? I will tell you in a moment. But the thing about it is it kind of felt like it needed to get left or get right. Like it wasn't sure if it wanted to be serious or it wanted to be silly. Right. This very expertly has decided it wants to be stupid as shit, and it does a really good job of that. It actually makes me laugh. It's really gory. It's really dumb. I really like the way his art looks in this. I really like the way the color works. And I I actually laugh at it, which normally I, I, I don't laugh at this kind of humor. So I I think Scotty's done a good job on this book. It is Fiction Squad. Yeah. It says Ramon Box is illustrator, I think. You're right, Humberto Ramos did cover. Yeah, because I, I remember the, the interiors looking a little bit different. How do you feel about this book? I like it, but I have misgivings. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I, I think it, it could be it, it could be a little too much, but I kind of think, I kind of think it's almost exactly what it needs. It needs to be this stupid. It needs to be maybe this over the top. You I, you don't think so? No, I want it to be. I actually think I don't know. The art itself is really great, and I like. Oh yeah, and I like that Scotty gets Scotty Young gets to do stuff that you he wouldn't do in any of his Marvel work, especially mm-hmm. the more or kind of grosser stuff. Oh yeah, it's 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 it is gruesome. Um. I, the writing is my the dialogue is my my problem. It, it's just I think it, I'm just it's not consistent in its raunchiness. Mm-hmm. Like she uses the word dickhead at a point because yes. like there's guys little mushroom guys, so she calls them yeah. dickheads. So that's you know it's stupid, but you know yes. So, but, but but the the gag in the other parts is she she sort of has learned to swear 
in this little fairy world. So she says Fluffernutter or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so she knows dickhead but doesn't know yeah. much. She says Muffin Huggin and Fluff You and yes, stuff like I, that. I, get, I, I totally get that. So I'm a little, I'm just, that threw me off because I'm reading, okay, okay, I understand. So she's saying Fluff You, she says Muffin Huggin. You know, she uses like these substitute curse words. But then she says the word dickhead. I'm just like, what? Do people in this world use that? Um, but I, it's still, I like it. I, I, and I'm probably gonna, I'm willing to like read more to see where it's going. I like the idea of her facing off against Conan, Conan Barbarian Dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope they end up teaming up. It seems like that'll happen. He looks kind of too awesome to just, you know, get killed and go away. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I'm saying I'm a bi, but I'm a, like a two on the mush meter. I'm a little mushy. I'm I'm just straight up by I I am surprised I like it as much as I do. If I had seen that cover, I would have never picked that book up. <laughs> I would like up oh, there's a Scotty Young book. I'm not gonna read it, and I'm really glad I've read it. So honestly, yeah, you should give it a shot. It's it's worth a couple bucks. So that is a double buy, a uh, mush meter of 1.0 on our combined uh, scale. Because mm-hmm. we mean business. We do it. We do mean business. Uh, on to our next book. It is Superman. Lois and Clark, number one. Written by Dan. I'm just going to skip over that pun. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I can't. I can't. Gonna pretend it's there. I can't. Not acknowledge I it. I can't encourage things that I don't. You can't. Yeah, I gotta. You know. <laughs> don't feed the. Don't feed the animals. Exactly. Uh, written by Dan <laughs> Jurgens. Pencils Lee Weeks. Scott Hanna on inks. Brad Anderson colors. Letters by a larger world studios, Joshua Cozine and Troy Pedieri. Pedieri? Um, this, I could, DC is purposeful. This book is for us, Eric. Mm-hmm. This book is like, oh, you don't like New 52 Superman? Here is your old Superman that you did like. And, uh, here he is. He's, he, he has, he's married to Lois Lane. His identity is secret. He has a kid. There, it's like everything. It's like, and it's written by Dan Jurgens, who wrote mm-hmm. a lot of the 90s Superman. Uh, and I mean, even they even mention like when describing this world, it's edgy. What this weird new world we're in? It's edgy. What happened? Why is mm-hmm. the new Fifty Two like this? So yes, it is. It is. Uh, I understand that this is catering directly to me, and yeah. you know, I want to not like it because of that. But I like this. I like it. This feels like my Superman. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I, I I think that's acceptable. Yeah, I I, I like think- it. I think when people aim to hit a mark and then they hit it, you shouldn't hold it against them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's okay. Yeah. I, I I like that my needs are recognized. <laughs> I need I need red panty Superman back. It's important. He's not really wearing his red panties except in a couple of panels. In the beginning, and then he's yeah, then he's, he's black black and white Superman with no cape. He wears a, he wears a black t shirt under his uh, his camel button down. And he's bearded. And he's, he's, he has fucked bearding it up. Uh, but I mean, I, I like how it looks. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of this Superman having to prevent the things that went wrong on his world, you know, or trying to, uh, you know, without being known mm-hmm. like a secret. Uh, I like him being married to Lois. I like their little, I like their kid. I, I like it. I'm a bye. Yeah. I, uh, I'd feel silly not recommending this because it just, I don't know, it feels good for this to work. I, I, I like it. It, it, it makes me happy. And I don't, I don't dislike New 52 Superman. He's okay. I think I've been, I've been more complimentary about it 
than you have, but I think I think you're absolutely right. Okay is kind of the way to describe it. But, but yeah, I uh, big thumbs up for me on this one. Yeah, if you like the if you like Superman in the '90s and even '80s, this is the kind of the, like they were like reaching out an olive branch. They're <laughs> like, here, here's a comic book for you. We just made him appear. Uh, we'll so. have it'll have Terry Hatcher in it before you know it. <laughs> She's not working a lot. You know, it's okay. Oh yeah, she can she can be in a comic book. Uh, but that's a double buy. Superman, Lois and Clark, number one. Next up onto three number ones from Marvel. Part of the all new, all different Marvel. Uh, first up is Ca- uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Sam Wilson, Captain America. He's it's, it's called all those things. It's all right? those things. Number one, uh, written by Nick Spencer, art Daniel Acuna, letters Joe Carrigmagna. Uh, I've seen a lot of really good like praise for this in just a few days it's been out. Um, Sam Wilson kind of it it politicizes itself a little bit. Yes. Where Sam Wilson makes it kind of like, ah, uh, yep, I'm against, you know, governmental bad things. Evil. I mean, they don't specify really, but, you know, they're, they're, pretty, they're calling they're him a socialist pretty, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, they're, they're really vague on, it's trying very hard to not have a stance. It kind of hints at him having a stance. It doesn't actually I, tell you what he says. Exactly. It's, it is, it is, it is danced around, but it, it, it doesn't need to be, the center of it. It doesn't need to be political comic book. No, it it kind of and also it kind of takes a kind of a, a little bit of a turn on the like the outrage culture and stuff like mm-hmm. that a little bit. Uh, and the, there's even like even you know he is basically set up a hotline through social media and phone and you know where people can get him to do things. Uh, but now he's working solo basically. He has a small team with him, including Misty Knight, which I really like her in this book. Um, D- D-Man? Is that, I forget. D- Dumphy, formerly D-Man. Um, as, like his tech guy. Mm-hmm. But now he's, he's, uh, his, his bearded, his bearded person. His beard. Yeah, his beard. And, uh, it's setting up a story against him versus S.H.I.E.L.D., basically. Mm-hmm. Him versus Steve Rogers. Yeah. Even, the former Captain America. I really want to like this. Oh my god, you don't like it? I don't know. I, it, I'm tired. Of S.H.I.E.L.D. being a bad guy, I guess. Like, I think that's really unusual. I just, it just, it's been like this way for years now where, I mean, I like, I like Sam Wilson. I like him as Captain America. I like him fighting the Sons of the Serpent. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. Um, and I like everything else about it. I just don't like the him versus Steve Rogers thing. And I still, I, I'm not a not I do not buy on it because Daniel Cunha's art I've always liked his. Oh work, yeah, he's, even he from is top the, shelf, top the, shelf, always top shelf. Even from like you know he, the thing that got me on Kenny X Horse, he would work on that mm-hmm. with uh, Rick Remender, and this oh, yeah. is great work. Yes, and Nick Spencer has I he's all the stuff he's been writing recently, you know, especially superheroes has been great. Like his mm-hmm. Ant Man stuff is great. So I want to keep reading this and giving it a shot. I just. I don't know. I feel the superhero versus super, like the Captain America versus Steve Rod. Like, I, why would Steve Rogers be against anything Sam Wilson is doing here? Because they need to. You can't have. I think that's what you run the risk of with Sam Wilson making him Captain America. If you make him a character without conflict, he's not interesting. He can't. He can't just be like. I don't know. He can't just be Captain America punching Hitler in the face. But that's fun. 
yeah, it's fun. He can still do those things, well, but it's not interesting. It's not enough. It's it's just going to be boring. He's just going to be a second-rate version of white guy Captain America. And I I really like this book is like sticking its neck out even by doing something as simple as having a couple of black people talk to each other. <laughs> Yeah, I and I have no problem. Like, there's a lot of people angry about all this, all that, all that uh, political and, stuff in it. And, and fuck all those people. <laughs> I agree, and that's I don't. That does not bother me whatsoever. Oh, of course I know it doesn't. But, but the, I, I think you should you should double down on this and just be like, yeah, fuck you. But I mean, I I I I feel you. Um, I don't. It's you're, just you're 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 really big on good guys being good guys. Like you don't like. You, you, you think it's really important. You read this stuff because of, I don't know, you like that feeling of heroism. You like people doing the right and moral thing. And it's like Captain America. That's something you don't want sullied. It's not even that. It's just, I think my problem is that it's Steve Rogers doing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he got old, but what happened that he suddenly like, this was him in Civil War. Like, that's. This was that was his position. I, I hear you. It's exact same thing. He, now he's old, so he's crotchety. Well, I don't want to. Here's they don't. He's just he's just in Shield. I I don't know. There he's not really said too much in this book. Well, I mean, they're just, just they're, you go to the they're next page the and, and they're the next. Just, I understand. I, I I'm judging what I think is going to happen. Yes. Yes, it's it's all the promos lead me to believe that yeah. there's a big the next one is a promo for the next issue with a picture of them ripped in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily. Uh, uh, Dude, I'm I am I am all on board. I like what they're doing. I just wish they'd redesign this costume and make it less ugly. <laughs> I do like that the dude put the red bottle caps. <laughs> so stupid! It's so funny. It's dude, you're Captain America. Yeah. No. Good God. I, dude, I, I like this book. I like it thoroughly. Okay. It makes me very happy. I want to see more. This is what I've wanted from Sam Wilson, Captain America, from day one. It's not just gutless, oh, I'm going to fly through Hydra and make quips and, you know, I'm turn somersaults and throw a shield. This is, this is something a little bit more real without being so highly offensive to the the butthurt masses. Okay. I, I, I love it, man. I'm oh, okay. I'm I am all on board. Okay, okay. I'm a buy. You've swayed me to be <laughs> to to be patient. I'll be patient and see what happens. Yes. I, I anything can happen. But I'm worried about it. I think that because I'm a weirdo. You got, and that's it's dude, it's fine. So you you have your opinion for a reason. You got you got any mush in there? You gonna throw no mush? no? I'm gonna go solid by it. Okay. it. I mean the art itself is so good. Oh lord, yeah, yeah. That I can't. I mean it, and the fact. I mean it. There's nothing about it other than that thing that bothers me. Like everything else is good for him. It is makes him interesting. I like him without a budget. I like him having to worry about my and crowdsourcing. You know problems. I like that. Mm-hmm. So misgivings aside so i'll sweep them aside read on yeah see what happens double by sam wilson captain america sam wilson number one good on you sir america appreciates your service to this podcast america america uh our our next comic book is the new the new avengers number one uh written by al ewing art 
Gerard, Gerardo, Gerardo Sandoval, colors Dono Sanchez Almara, Joe Carmagna on letters. This is, uh, the Avengers idea mechanics with, uh, Sunspot taking over basically aim and re- repurposing it as into event. Like it's a weird kind of, they don't really address that even. They'll just, they kind of like, yeah, he now he has his own team. Um, it, it kind of spins out of Avengers world a little bit, which we didn't really read because most of it was kind of, um, what do you think about this? No. No? No. No like it? This is, I mean, it's not the most wretched thing that I've ever read. It is, it is a book. You know how we talk about hitting that target? This is not, this is not aimed at me. This feels like a, this feels like a comic book for teenagers. It does not feel like it is intended for me to buy. I don't, I don't laugh at the jokes. I'm not bowled over by the artwork. I don't really care. I, I'm actually a little upset that Squirrel Girl's in this book. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset that Dum Dum Dugan's in it, and I'm upset that Cliff Barton's in it. I, I do like that the guy wants, uh, Kate Bishop. That, yeah, I that's like a, that. That's a solid joke. Actually, I'm kind of, I'm kind of burned about, uh, Hulkling and Wiccan as well. I, I'm not like a huge fan of theirs. It's just, I am just not a huge, I, I, I don't care for this. It does not work for me. I have some misgivings about it. Uh I but I do like it. I I think I like it despite myself. What what do you like about it? Do you, do you disagree with me that it this feels like this feels like superior Spider-Man. Like it's written for kids. Like it's it's written for young teenage fans and young adult fans. I agree and it does have I mean just the the choice of artist I think mm-hmm. I feel like it does it's it generally will would appeal to more you know young adults yes. you know it's, teen, teenager it, kind of it's anime to me it's it's that bad blend of like american like someone that grew up like with american comics and japanese comics and is not really doing a great job of blending the two I don't know. And I, that's probably my biggest problem with it is the art. Yes. And that I don't, it, you know, it's not what I generally like in my comics. Yes. yes. But it's just big, dumb spy tech mm-hmm. garbage. Like, it, it, like it's, it's junk food. That's, yeah. that's what it feels like to me. Like people have like crystal heads and mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it, I like, you know what? I like the squirrel girl quips for the most part. I don't like her, the Doctor Who thing. But other than that, no. I do like her and I like that their villain is Evil Rid Richards. Yes. I, you know, I, everything about this book is saying, you shouldn't like this, but I still like, it. I, I would rather read, um, oh, what's that Warren Ellis, um, that's like this. You know what? We read it for book club. What are, what the hell next am I wave. talking about? Next wave. Next wave. I, next, well, next wave is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I would rather read ne- this is like Next Wave for children. Yeah. Except it just is it's clunky. I don't really care for it. I could I could look past the artwork because it's not wretched. It's a little it's a little it's clunky like the artwork, I think. It's a, or uh, like the writing, excuse me. It's it's um I don't know. It's just very much not a style that I enjoy and just very much I'm not their target. I think there are probably people that would be perfectly happy reading this. I am not one of them. I'm a buy on it. I, it's, I don't know. It, it's, I'm really surprised that you are. But I, when I was reading it, I'm like, I, I know that I shouldn't like this, but I still do. I still, mm-hmm. I still enjoy it. I still, it, I'm a buy. I, yeah, I may, I may not, I may not buy every issue. 
I may, you know, I've been, you know, skip something, catch up or something like this, but I, it, it's different than, you know, a lot of the Avengers books we've been seeing. It, it, so I like it for that. You know, it, I don't know. I, it's, I like it. I'm a buy. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> That's a split decision yeah. on the new Avengers number one. Mm. Our, our last book of the week is Uncanny Avengers. There you are. That's an excellent question. There we go. Uncanny Avengers number one. Mythology. <laughs> it's problematic, isn't it? Okay, there we go. Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Ryan Stegman, uh, Richard Eisenhoff on colors, Clayton Cowles letters and production. Uh, this is, uh, the, just, it's the Deadpool Avengers. Like, that's, mm-hmm. it, that's what this is. Like, it's not, and I really thought I was gonna like this. From the previews I've seen and the stuff we read in that Avengers Zero book, um, uh. I'm the flattest on this book. I've I've not really read too many things that I really like from Duggan. I just don't think he's he's really my kind of writer. I think you've hit it on the head that this is Deadpool Avengers. It's I don't know. It's it's fine. Like I enjoyed it somewhat. I, I liked Quicksilver in it. I liked Rogue in it. I thought they made them both interesting. I like uh, his brother Voodoo, right? Isn't that his name? Doctor Voodoo. Is it Doctor Voodoo? He got his PhD. Thought, well, I thought they said that in Strange. Doctor Strange didn't he? Wasn't mm. he? Either way, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Whatever. I I I enjoy them. Yes. And I kind of I don't know. It's a little icky that Deadpool's in this. It doesn't. It. I don't know. I think my issue with it is, yeah, I don't like that Deadpool is not that funny in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it started off with that, like, introducing the villain, ostensibly. Yes. At least what I believe is to be a villain. He seems like it's the, yeah, that's him. And I like, oh, okay, like, an environmentalist kind of villain, you know, inhuman. Like, they're, I'm sure that they're going to be introducing a lot. Any new character, you can easily just put in, oh, they're inhumans now. Like, that, they have powers. And... I like the idea of a guy, like, you can see his, any villain, you can see why they're doing what they're doing. Like an environmentalist villain, I could, like an environmentalist mm-hmm. ter- terrorist villain, I could definitely see that. But then we just get them fighting, like, you know, nothing and dumb quips and Spider-Man leaving right away, which, and Steve, now Steve, Steve Rogers is Clint Eastwood all of a sudden. Like that's, yeah. like, full on, like, staring at an empty chair, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> like that's, that's who he is. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah. And I don't like it. I don't. He's not. Just because he's old, it doesn't. He just, like, it just changes character all of a sudden. I don't understand it. Uh, I, I'm, I do not buy this. I don't like it. <sighs> I think I might just have to agree with you on that. But I don't hate it that much. Like, I, I almost, uh, I'm almost leaning towards buy. Okay. Like I said, I'm. I'm relatively flat. Like, I don't despise it. I don't have some of these misgivings. But it's not its not a stellar book. I want to like it more than I do. I Yeah, I wish it... The best part was, was Spider-Man making fun of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And then he left. And then I went, oh, I don't like this very much anymore. Like, if they if this whole issue was just about the villain, and, like, they show up at the end or something, I don't, like, you don't need to establish Deadpool and this, these characters. Like, yeah, we know. We know, we know these guys. I don't. Sorry, you're officially do not buy her? Yeah, I, uh, I'll let you sway me on that. Okay. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly neutral. If I gotta come down on any side, neutral's not a good sign. I enjoy the artwork, though. 
I don't. Like, I, I think that's weird. I think it's, I think I, it's. I like Ryan Stegman generally. Yeah. Like I've, of the, of, his, of the other books I've read that's drawn, mm. I enjoy. I just don't like it here. I don't know. I don't think I can put a finger on it even. But nah, do not buy. That's a double do not buy. Uncanny Avengers number one. Um, you read anything else this week? I wish. Yeah. I haven't had time to. Me neither. Uh, so with that, we got time to bleed. Ain't got time to bleed. There you go. Jesse Ventura has had an interesting life. I, I don't doubt that. I'm glad it's not mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, folks. Weekly floppies is over for now. As always, next time there'll be more. I promise. Right here. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Clearly. There's more comics. Mm-hmm. They'll never end. It's an endless parade of comics. But floppies over. It is time for our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will discuss about, discuss the things we've been up to during the week. Tell you to, to tell you about nerdy things or video games or books, or whatever. Eric, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to throw out there. It's going to be the same thing I've been talking about for several days now. You talk about the Macho Man. Talk about the Macho Man. Ooh, we are the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Little guest appearance there. Mm-hmm. The ghost, mm-hmm. ghost of Macho Man. I heard it was a Bubba Hotep situation. It is. No, oh, that's. Uh, I guess that's. Well, he says it's a Bubba Hotep situation. So he's he's potentially confused. It, we don't know. It's like it's. I I think it's a. Well, it's a twist. We don't know. It's, it could it's be a, either. It, it is. It is clearly. It is clearly an important mystery. It's a K-Pack situation. Mm-hmm. In that, Here in the go. fact that it could be or it could not be a Bubba Hotep situation. You just referenced K-Packs. That's amazing. It's it's okay movie. It's not, it's not bad. I it's I okay. I, li- I like Kevin Spacey. It's a strange movie. It is a strange movie. You talk about Inktober. I I will Inktober some more. I, I can't stop. All I can think about is drawing, drawing. You're you're pumping them out. I am, dude. I did three drawings in four hours last night. I did all the ones that I I think I only posted two of the the three. Mm-hmm. Third third one's a mystery. Uh oh, what could it be? It's on my Instagram right now. You could totally look at it right now. Who uses Instagram? Teenagers and artists. Yeah, that's true. And porn stars, apparently. Not really. They don't let you post nudity, but they do. I don't know. There's You'd not be hard-pressed to find pictures of boobs on Instagram. I, I, I'm sure you're right. Mm-hmm. I've, I've only seen the two. I've seen the Batgirl and the Macho Man. The Macho Man. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed drawing that one. Oh, he's a, he's a human cartoon. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of demand, uh, for drawings of wrestlers. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. I kind of want to draw the Ultimate Warrior too, cause he's such a fucking weirdo. He, uh, rest in peace, Ultimate Warrior was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid. Uh, he was not mm-hmm. a good person. <laughs> no, no, of course. Even by, not. not even by wrestler standards. No. He was, like, in the lower rungs of, like, wrestler behavior, so. Well, I think he was a drug adult nincompoop. Yeah, it's, it, I, we shouldn't, we, I could talk about those, all those intricacies for, 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 for time. I, you'll have to just tell me at some point. Yeah. We'll release it, we'll release it as bonus material. I know, it's, it's all about the, you know, Hogan just got basically excommunicated for the mm-hmm. racist things he said. Mm-hmm. 
he he said nothing that's half as bad as the stuff that Warrior had gone on record with. Yes, that doesn't surprise me at all, and but, that's kind of shit. But Warrior's because, dead, so that's all. I mean, well, you can't, you know, in our memories, people are considerably more sensitive these days for for both good and bad. I think that's true. It's it's made a lot of good progress, but it's also I I don't know I. I I don't think people deserve to have their lives ruined because they say a racial slur, whether it's a, it is a terrible, deplorable, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Inks over drawings, drawings, thinking things. How was a uh, how was a uh, drink and draw? Drink and draw. Yeah. I don't know. I barely talked to anyone because I did I I did three drawings in four hours, drank a whole bottle of wine, and ate a salad. Sounds like I, you. Yeah, that's that's me. No, I had a, it was a blast, actually. It was good to see everybody, good core group. Um, it's fun times, you know, and I'm, I am, uh, really enjoying putting out drawings every day. It's been really cool. Did I tell you about that, uh, that Twitter account I really like? The, yeah, I, I saw the Swift on Security. Yes, yeah, Swift that, on Security. I did like your Taylor Swift fighting Terminators. Yes. That well, was good. Did, let me, let me sort of, Lay it out there for everyone. Swift on security. She is a real life IT expert and info security expert. She has a very famous Twitter account, something like 95,000 followers, very engaged followers too. They are constantly pinging her. Um, I sent her this drawing. I did because she pretends to be Taylor Swift. I think I neglected. That's the, kind of the key thing. <laughs> she pretends to be Taylor Swift, like just. Like, yeah, I'm Taylor Swift, and I'm an info security expert. That's that's fine. That's really a thing. Mm-hmm. You should look up her memes. They're hilarious. But I, I, I drew a picture of her killing Terminators and wrote some text from one of her memes on it, and she fucking adored it and retweeted it. Like, within seconds of me putting it up there, she tweets back, oh, my God. <laughs> I did not know any of the thing you just said, and I had uh-huh. to go look all that up and go, I had to piece all this together. Okay. I'm like, okay, Eric Drew, that is Taylor Swift. She is, mm-hmm. she's killed Terminators. Mm-hmm. And then I saw your Facebook post about someone like that person like you. I'm like, okay, who's yes. that? And then I went, I'm like, okay, Taylor Swift, but what? Uh, yes. And then I went, okay. And then I dug deeper into the internet. I'm like, okay, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, she is, she is a, a straight up great Twitter account. It, it's, she is one of my favorite things about Twitter. And she, like, she is, quite smart and the things that she says are very interesting and insightful she is very bright and very fucking nerdy it's pretty awesome and i really enjoy her twitter so i i don't know i was sitting at taco bus and the, that stupid taylor swift song came on about i've got nothing in my brain and i'm like i'm gonna draw infosec taylor swift and i did and there we go it got like a hundred favorites and like 50 retweets which is pretty good you know i'm pretty i don't really have a a big following like a lot of popular artists like that's relatively standard for like a good piece of theirs you know Mm -hmm. like they'll 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 get that much or maybe even twice that but i don't know i think for someone who's basically an unknown unknown i feel pretty good about it i'm also liking instagram more inktober is making me not hate instagram well that's good i guess yeah yeah. Liking things. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's good times. I could make recommendations of the equipment I'm using, but it's going to be pretty boring to talk about. 
if you want to. Eh, I, I mean, I would, but you're better off, like, maybe getting it from my Twitter feed or something rather than me just blabbing about Pentel brush pens. And I just bought a, um, a Copic brand, which is Copic as the marker. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a marker paper sketchbook. I am about to. I think I will actually fill up a second sketchbook before Inktober is over. I have had these two sketchbooks for years and have never finished them. And actually, surprise, getting off your ass and actually drawing actually fills up sketchbooks. It's amazing how that works. But I don't know. Looking forward to marker paper sketchbook because it's pretty important if you're going to use Copics. They last about ten times as long on marker paper than sketchbook paper. Pro tip. Pro tip. Pay attention. Anyway, yeah, you should. But eh, if you're interested in this stuff, hit me up on Twitter. I will share it. But I don't. I'm not gonna like. What am I gonna read you? Amazon links to this stuff? <laughs> no. Hey Eric. Hey Robbie. Guess what I got? You got a Steam link. I did. You're not the only person in my circle of friends. Like the the picture you took of like the Steam link in your hand. Mm-hmm. That like right in the feed, right above it, was another friend that did the same picture. <laughs> Except he was like, "I don't need this anymore." He doesn't need it. Came in, it came in the yeah. He had he bought a PC or repurposed a PC mm-hmm. to his television to do regular like Steam Link stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. I I you know it. My PC is in my office. My television is in my living room. I do not want to run a, like, 30-foot length of HDMI cable. Um, Steam Link is a small, little, tiny, rounded rectangle. <laughs> it's a rounded rectangle. I think it's quarter. Like, only part of it is rounded. And then the, the back half is actually hard edges. But it it streams your Steam. It honestly will stream your PC. Like, you can have it so that it will just stream your entire PC to the hmm. To the television, I, but it doesn't have, like, you could plug a USB keyboard and mouse into it, use it like that. I don't really need to do that. Um, but I will say this, that if you're going to stream games from, like, what, if it's running, you know, on your PC to your television through another device, this is the best thing you can get for that. Okay. It's $50. It's, you know, I, my old crappy laptop does not do it. It's a piece of garbage. Um, it's, this is, a very simple, easy solution, uh, even with going through multiple routers and through the uh, power line adapter I have, it got, I got it to work within a couple hours. Everything's set up and working smoothly. Um, you know, you use big picture mode. It launches on the TV right away. It, like, senses it automatically. Oh, that's what you're doing. Here it is. Um, there is – I don't think there's a way to escape that there's going to be a small amount of latency, like a little bit of lag. It's the nature of the beast. Any game that requires, you know, quick reflexes or quick movement, I'm probably not going to be using the Steam Link for it. I'm not going to be playing it on my big screen for the most part. I am fine playing on my PC. I don't, it doesn't bother me for the most part. Um, however, for like couch co-op games and party games where you don't need it to be like a, when it's like there's a 10 millisecond lag or something, it doesn't really matter. You know, it, it's, you know, you're just kind of doing co-op stuff. It's not, you know, you're not doing stealth and metal gear or something mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter and i like it it worked we played the i got the jackbox party pack we i played some last night with the uh, matt and melissa were over here but we played that um we had, it was a good time and there was no problem it worked really well 
So, Very cool. So it's, what, it, what kind of can, what kind of controllers do you hook up to it? Uh, it, it's USB. So, uh, Xbox, I just use my 360 controllers. The, if you have the dongle for the wireless 360, mm-hmm. will also work for that. Just plug That's in the, awesome. plug in the dongle and the wireless controllers will work as well. I, it has Bluetooth. So any Bluetooth controllers, I think the PS4 are Bluetooth. Oh, nice. So you can use a PS4 controller. You're, um, you're, you're, you're giving me the hard sell. I'm wanting this pretty bad. It, it, I think it comes out. In November for the, the, I, I ordered it early, so this is the first wave of them. I think it's like, I'm basically a beta tester at this point. But, uh. So you're, you're, you're telling me that I need to get this so I can play Half-Life on my, uh, television? Uh, it, it's. Half-Life. I mean Fallout. God. If you, yeah, I, I don't, like, I tried to play Skyrim on it just to test it out, and it right. worked okay. You know, it wasn't perfect. It, the, it, you can tell that because those kinds of games have a lot more data being transferred, it's a little bit muddy for like yeah. quarter of a second. Uh, you know, you can just barely tell. It's playable, but it, it would be better on your PC. But, you know, it is a, a very good solution for doing it into separate rooms. You know, there's a lot of people online who are like, why should I buy this? I could just do this or this or this. I'm like, well, I don't want to do any of those things. I know I could, but I don't want to, I can't rewire my house. I don't want to have a, I don't, if you do, I don't know, I don't think wireless HDMI receivers would work any better. And I think they cost more. So, you know, there's all the things that I could, this is a nice, easy solution. As long as I, and again, if you're plugged into the Steam infrastructure, that's also key to it. Because big picture mode and all that stuff, it, you have to have Steam. I mean, it, it, it really is hardwired into Steam. But it's called Steam Link. I think they're selling, and I apparently they're going to be selling these at uh, GameStops. Oh, cool. Like, like I, from what I've seen online and we heard some from some different people, like, they're going to have, like, a Steam section in GameStops now. Maybe even selling Steam machines there? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Uh, but with my Steam Link, I, I have a, a, a game recommendation. Okay. It's called Party Hard. Did you ever play Hotline Miami, Eric? Uh, no, but I am familiar with the game. Yeah, it's like, you know, very gory, pixelated kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like pumping dance music, electronic music, and you just kill people. Um, this reminds me of that a little bit. It's more of a, there's more of a stealth element in this where you are a dude who wants to get to sleep. Mm-hmm. So you go to different parties and kill everyone there. Excellent. And that, and then, like, there's booby traps, like, there's different things set around these different parties where you can, you know, set up booby traps where people stumble into it and die. You can just stab them. You know, there's tool, there, there's little tricks and things like that. It, it was like, I think, I think I got it on sale for 10 bucks or something. I've been keeping an eye on it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really dumb fun. But like, you know, you start off at like a, oh, I forget, it's like a college, style party and then like there's different parties like then you're going like a biker biker barbecue and then i'm like at a vegas casino dance dance room club dance club where there's a band on stage and you know there's they'll have different people show up like the cops will show up anytime someone sees a body the cops show up and like but as long as no one sees you do anything you just keep going and have to take out everyone (laughs) it's really satisfying and kind of so stupid it is really dumb i mean it it's not meant to be anything but that. And of course. But I'm, I kind of like the idea, of like, I'm just, I want to sleep. I'm, I, I'm, all, I, I've always been a light sleeper. And people who are, you know, staying up, making lots of noises have always bothered me because I'm just trying to get some sleep. And, uh. This, this, this feels like a concept <laughs> that you can get behind. It's cathartic. I'm, I'm, I'm not that surprised by this. No, you, I imagine you wouldn't be. But it's a good game. And it's not too expensive. Twelve eighty nine currently. Okay, there you go. Thirteen bucks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, should I mention one more game, Eric? Or do you, you want to keep going? You can you can talk about some games. Okay, I got, okay. I got one other game to talk about. Okay. Because I feel like, it, honestly, it's not even out yet, really. It's not even in early access. You can download a free demo online. Okay. It's for PC, uh, and it really works really well with the Steam Link because it is like a party-style game. It's a platformer mm-hmm. called Ultimate Chicken Horse. What? It's called Ultimate Chicken Horse. Uh, it's a four, up to four players. It, more players, the better, honestly. Um, you all, everybody picks a farm animal. Uh, well, I guess not all farm animals because there's a sheep, a raccoon, a chicken, and a horse. And uh, you go into these levels, different uh, platforming levels. Like there's a farm level, there's a rooftop level, there's a waterfall level, and there's a, you start. Everyone starts the same place, and they all have to get to the same place. A, a flagpole at the end. You know, it's in a very cute, cartoony style. Mm-hmm. The catch is that you, everything in between the beginning and the goal is empty. And at the beginning of, depending on what mode you, you're in, it, the, the means of this will vary a little bit. But, but basically, every person will pick a platforming piece. It may be a board or a, a, hail, a bay of hail, 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 hay, bay, bale of hay. There you go. Words. Uh, or, or even deadly things like a crossbow or a cannon. And they will place them in between the two. And you will try, and everyone's trying to get to the end. However, if everyone gets to the end, no one gets points. Whoever can beat the level three times wins first. Um, this means you have to design a level that you can beat, but not everyone else can. Uh, and it is a lot of fun. It's ridiculous. It, it's really genius, honestly. Like how simple a thing that is, but how great and fun it is. Next time you're mm-hmm. over, we are going to play it. I am excited to try it. The videos are not really making a lot of sense to me. It's it it's one of those things you just play it one mm-hmm. time and you're just like after you die one time you're like oh okay and then suddenly you know it's, yeah you you figure it out you're like oh this is this is the best and like you it's really hilarious like you watch these little tiny cute animals get like shot with crossbows and you just suddenly you know, it's just great um. It's not, it's a, I think it's not coming out till next year in full, but you can get the demo now. And frankly, the demo has just a couple, few, just with those few levels, you can play a long time and have tons of fun. So I would suggest everyone go seek that out if you want to have a good co-op game. Like it's a party game, honestly. Like anyone can just, it's like this is, it's the Mario controls, you know, run mm-hmm. and jump. That's all there is. You know, you can, you just play stuff around its controller. Everything works great. Ultimate chicken horse. We're going to play it. Cool. And we'll, Looking forward to and it. We're gonna be. We'll scream and laugh. That's like the. You're like ah, and you yell when you die, and then you laugh when everyone else dies. <laughs> uh, I think that'll do it. I could go on and on about other games I play, but you know we have we have some business to get to, Eric. Mm-hmm. Business. Business. That's, that's you know how it's, how you know we're serious when we call it business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so checking in uh, is over. On to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show when Eric and I will assign a longer collected work uh, and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. Uh, this week we are doing Kingdom Come by Mark Wade, Alex Ross, uh, originally released in four single issues in 1996. Um, along with Marvels, it is the thing that Alex Ross is most known for. Probably, well, I in his covers, to, his thousands of covers. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like the long, actually, he illustri- he drew, painted all of this, which is yes. you know, usually just as covers and, and and special things for like Secret Wars. He's been doing covers for that. He's done every cover for um, Astro City, 
Um, this is, this was an idea, I guess, the rough idea of this was original, is, was Alex, Alex Ross's idea. After he did Marvels, he wanted to do a kind of, Marvels, have you read Marvels, Eric? I have not. It, it's, it's kind of this, but a little emptier. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like a guy in the street reliving famous moments in Marvel history. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't really have any kind of, this is much more kind of heavy on the metaphor. Uh, I guess that, that, that one is more nostalgic and this one has kind of a more implications about current comic books as well as, you know, the bygone days of comics. Um, but after he did that, he wanted to do something similar in DC and eventually, uh, DC editorial staff got, they had him do with Mark, Mark Wade because Mark Wade is a huge comic book nerd, uh, from like, he knows the history of all these characters. Mm-hmm. So he could, you know, include Every DC character you've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, there are a ridiculous number of them in this book. Um, when was the last you said we? I think you mentioned this briefly, man, of our last episode. Uh, you've read this before, but it's been a long time. It has probably been five or six years since I picked this book up. Okay, has anything? What are your memories of it? Mm, I think they're rosier than uh, than my current feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Like I. It's a book that I held in high esteem as a Watchman. Like my 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 esteem for Watchman has increased tremendously, and I think that my esteem for this has decreased a fair bit. I think it would be misguided of me to not recognize the importance of this book, which may be as important as Watchman. Maybe a little bit less, but I do think that it has shaped a lot of people's attitudes about comics, particularly probably DC, since this book has come out. And it certainly, it, it, it lent that sort of authority or that, um, it, 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 it lent an air of importance to comics. It, it made them bigger and more like movies, more dramatic. You know, more real. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think people were really hungry for. You know, comic book movies were just starting to be a thing in, in, in the nineties and late nineties and early two thousands. And this came along with like a damned virtuoso draftman. And it, I don't know. I'd say at least for that era, they sincerely knocked it out of the park, but I still kind of don't think it's uh, an amazing comic book. Yeah. Not, not by my current standards. No, I, it's, it, you have to like realize this came out in 1996. You kind of yes. like think about that and you're like, what else was coming out in 1996? And I think that that is really a big part of what this book is. It is a criticism of those 1990s comics. Oh, absolutely. And that's something that I never saw before this read. That was not apparent to me that it is absolutely a knock at you know, the, the, the spawns and the edgy bullshit comics of the world, that that is exactly what they're rebelling against. And this is, this is Alex Ross and Mark Wade saying, do you remember the good old days when men were men? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Magog. Magog. Is, uh, modeled after Cable. 
uh, yeah, yeah, he has the eye thing and the metal arm and like they like and they even have they've explicitly said yeah they you know it's kind of a in rejection of all those nineties yes. style designs of characters like Gable and yeah. Spawn and, yes and all the Rob, Rob Liefeld creations and mm-hmm. in particular but and it is I in certain way it's really smart and and I really like the idea of because Watchmen changed things in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. In like in comics, where it Watchmen for the first time fully realized how could superheroes s- exist in a world like the real world, mm-hmm. like you know when people aren't just gonna go oh I surrender or you know that there's monster people in the world who just murder 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 and they'll do it forever and you know when they have superpowers how do you stop that and kind of that kind of question and, and limits and rules of people who have would have powers and all that but started a wave of things that weren't as weren't created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons who weren't as talented as them and couldn't make it eloquent and it's and you know you saw all those bad comics in the 90s and this is kind of going like I don't know I don't think as a comic story it works very well but as a metaphor I think it works very well mm-hmm. where you were like well yeah how would how does Superman who's been around since the 30s Mm-hmm. How does he exist in a world with superheroes that were created in the 90s, where culturally it's worlds apart? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you evolve a character like Superman, in particular, to exist in that time period and not be, uh, not be, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, Maybe anachronistic. That is, yes, exactly. That is the word. Read my mind. It's it's a short uh, novella there. <laughs> it, and it works. I think it exploring that is the most interesting thing about this to me. Mm-hmm. About how you reconcile telling Superman stories when there are Spawn stories at the same time. You know, where it's mm-hmm. like dude sells his soul to the devil and then murders just people or yeah. or the Punisher. Or any of these guys, you know, the, you know, just people who just murder people with no, mm-hmm. or, or even, like, even not even the superheroes themselves, or just the books, you know, where they just want destruction and, you know, don't see concern for people. Just, you know, it's all about uh, punching. Yes. And buildings being destroyed and all that. Dumb punching. Dumb punching. But I, I don't, the, the story itself just feels empty. Well, I- I agree with you, and I was talking about this with a uh, a mutual friend. You're you don't know him as well as I do, but also a comics fan, and uh, a little bit older. You know, he, he was reading this when it was on the shelf. Went to a Heroes Con and got it signed back when Alex Ross went to Heroes Cons. Um, uh, hell, I'm losing my perspicacity here. You've been cutting a couple of minutes of this. What, where, where, what was the last point that you made? That I don't think the story works yes, as well. That's, no, I, I remember what I was going to say now. Thank you. Um, the, the, it takes a lot of shortcuts with all the biblical imagery. And yeah, I think yeah. it's a crock of shit. Um, it's 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 just weak storytelling. It's like something like that I could compare it to, and this is something that I like is like earthbound the whole chosen one trope. Uh-huh. Earthbound is somehow still a good story, 
but it's like being the chosen one and being led around by the hand by fate is not good storytelling. No. And that's what this is. This is prophecy. Prophecy is a bullshit reason for anything to happen in a story. It is it is plot-driven, weak writing, basically everything that a writing 101 class will tell you is not a good idea. And just, I mean, I am not a particularly religious person. It just, I don't care for that in a story. It's just kind of icky. Yeah, I don't, and just that, you know, it, it is clearly following that, the same Marvels, you know, just mm-hmm. a regular dude following around these superheroes, but mm-hmm. now there's a specter, the specters hanging around, you know, being a ghost of Christmas past uh, with him. You know, it, I don't know, I, and I don't understand necessarily, like, they, it, they never, it's never clearly set up the, 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 I don't, I don't get a sense of the, the stakes. Like, I don't understand. They talk about how humanity yeah. is going to re- are rejecting these superheroes and stuff. I don't wear how the UN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what is that? Like, I don't, you know, you get Superman and Wonder Woman struggling with how, how to do their job, quote unquote, and all these new, how to handle these quote unquote new heroes for, I think it works better as a metaphor. If it, like, if you just think about Superman. As, you know, his character and how he's progressed through, you know, eight decades at this point. It was six-ish at that point. Mm-hmm. But when you start to include hundreds of DC heroes, including their, the, the ones they made up for, uh, for this book, you know, the, the various background heroes that aren't really even, you don't really see much of, which I think is another issue with it, um, like the only modern hero we get, you know, analog we get in this is Magog, and we don't get that much of him. Mm-hmm. And you have to show that a little bit. You can't just show, you know, Batman with skeleton suit on and and Wonder Woman who looks the same and and Gregory Peck Superman. Like you can't, uh, you have to do the legwork with the other side of it. Like you get the only perspective on humanity we get is the pastor, who mm-hmm. I don't think. I, you know he's he is he's not he is not a character. No, he's he's barely mm-hmm. there. Like I can't every ev- every character in this is basically a device. Yeah, no one is really. I don't know. People just do things, and it's all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not the character driven uh, through composed story that like Watchmen is. Everything they do, they have a reason and a motivation. And there are consequences, and it moves the plot forward, and it's interesting. This is interesting, but it's just a plot. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is devoid for a lot of the reasons that you just said. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't agree more. It's a lot more hollow than I remember. You're just supposed to be bowled over by beautiful virtuoso draftsmanship. Well, that's basically par for course nowadays. Yeah. Any book is incredibly beautiful. There's a glut of ridiculously talented, uh, passionate comic book people and, you know, writing and drawing. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, I mean, when it came in 96, when you seeing this and, you know, it's on the same newsstand as Rob Liefeld comics, which mm-hmm. generally were terrible and you don't look good. <laughs> right. And aren't written good, written well. 
Uh, aren't, no, aren't written good. Okay, that's is that how exactly, we... That is exactly what you need to describe them as. Okay, uh, this would stand out, I understand. And it's an Elseworlds book, which, you know, they all, they immediately are, gen- you know, they get the attention because, wow, alternate takes on our superheroes and, you know, old, this wasn't, I guess it wasn't as beaten into the ground as it is now, where I'm just, you really have to do something really interesting with an alternate take on a superhero for me to take notice anymore. You know, the old weary golden age hero is not new now. No. And I mean, no. and part of that, and part of that is because of this, because this exists, because it, you know, it helped make that the kind of the standard where you have to, if you want to do kind of Elseworlds style story, you have to be really clever and do something really interesting. Um, again, 20, I guess in its time, there was nothing else like it. Now, like you said, there's tons of great comics that are doing, like, I don't, I, I, I feel like it is, I wanted to not like the faux nostalgia thing because I don't think it's a false dichotomy that you can't have both. You just can't have them both in the same comic. Like, the, I would not, um, uh, like, unless you are very good, like a very good writer and a very good artist creating a story together that explains the, like when you, if you have Punisher meet Captain America, mm-hmm. those two heroes are like I think Captain America for the most part has segued really well from yeah that golden age to the was modern it, era. Was it the, was it Bendis that wrote those Captain Americas? Who was it that wrote it? Which ones? The the ones that we read for book club and Winter Soldier. Oh, Brubaker. Was it Brubaker? Okay, yes. that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's that that is. That that worked, you know. Yeah. The, the whole old look on things struggling, it, it, it works better, and it's basically what this is. But it is, it's actualized so much better. You know, it it tells a story, it shows conflict. It's certainly more character driven, but it's it kind of is that world that you're talking about. It's the it's the black and white person looking at the the shades of gray world. This is. This is a, a black and white person just trying to, ch- to show everyone that the world really is black and white. Yeah, I, I don't, and it, I don't think it's fair to the the Superman comics that came out in the eighties and nineties. You know, the John Byrne run that segued into the the, the Jurgen Superman in the nineties. Like, I still like those comics. They 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 some. I mean, some of them have some of the things that you know you kind of frown from you, the bad stuff from that time period, but. A lot of them are good, and I, I feel like you can't fairly say that, like, oh, if the 50 Superman showed up or 40 Superman showed up, he would go, "What is happening? I can't, I can't exist in this world." I feel like that's not that that's a little too simple. And I think that's when you look at Watchmen, who which does such a amazing job at confronting those issues of nostalgia versus realism. Mm-hmm. This feels half formed. And it only kind of hits the broad notes, and I never get a sense of other than like, hey, if you you remember Superman from the fifties, did you read those comics? It you know remember that? And then you look at like Cable, he looks silly, doesn't he? Like it doesn't. I I feel like as a broad metaphor, you can make it that interesting, and it does at certain points in the story, but it doesn't function as both like Watchmen does. Um. We, have we? I don't think we've ever discussed Alex Ross at length before. We we have not. We have not discussed. My vague memories are that you're mm. not a huge fan. 
No, I think that in th- this time period, you know, you you basically you had the choice of the uh, the 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 Liefelds and the the Todd McFarlands and then the Alex Rosses, and it was clear to me that I was more of that. I got tired of nothing but realism in comics because that's sort of the way that the early aughts shaped up to be. Everything was was um, you know I think Ultimates kicked it off, but everyone tried to be Brian Hitch in the Ultimates, mm-hmm. and it just got boring. It was rigid and stiff, and wasn't exactly the right thing. And I don't know. I think things have progressed in a more interesting direction. A lot more interesting and vibrant. But it, it, at the time, yes, I was a big fan of, uh, Alex Ross. Now, not so much. Like, there are still people that see it and it's just like it was all those years ago. It's like you, there are people that paint realistic stuff. It's not that amazing to see a realistic watercolor painting of a superhero. It's, it's fine, but I don't know. He is certainly very talented. There's, no bones about that. Like his, his, his drawing, his draftsmanship is amazing and it transfers really well to these, these watercolors. I mean, he can't be doing it in any other medium. These are, these would take him a lifetime to paint in oil and acrylic, but watercolor, they work really well. You know, it probably could knock them out in a lot shorter time than it looks like, but, um, Compare him to, I, I, I think of like a modern equivalent or someone who mm-hmm. is like an Eastside Ribic. That's, that, that would be my, you know, 20 years later, the dude who's now, he is doing this with poor event comics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the big, bold, painterly type thing. I prefer Eastside Ribic myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would compare the two, but it's, okay. I, I think in terms of role, it's not that different. Eastside Ribic is not going to change the landscape of comics and that's no. kind of more how i think about it Esad ribic is just i mean he's fitting in really well he's doing an excellent book that looks great which i mean really that's all alex ross can do now is he can find a good book and make it look great but this changed the landscape right in the same way that watchman did and maybe spawn did and you know a host of other books and if i was going to compare him to someone i don't know who I would compare him to, it's hard for me to say, maybe Babs. Really? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, that Batgirl book has really kind of set things on fire. And I think things were shifting before then. But when you think about, like, it had influence on Marvel. You you got the Spider-Woman book that's similar, but, you know, different. Um... I'm trying to think who else might might Dave, have that. David Ahab? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair cop. I mean, um Hawkeye kinda faltered there at the end, but we uh we definitely agreed that that whole push, that aha and um fraction push with that book definitely set all this shit into motion. So I think those are those are probably better comparisons, not on a visual, but more sort of the roles. Right, I understand. And I th- I think to me that's a little bit more relevant. I mean, if I was going to compare him technically, I would say maybe a Fraser Irving. Yeah, that's I see that. Yeah, yeah, 
and I, I, I also, I like, I, I think, I think Alex Ross is also people, you know, he, he's like the Norman Rockwell of comic books. Yes. In that he, it really does summon nostalgia. Yes. Just cause, because it feels like he's always showing heroes as if, you know, it, it's bold kind of poses and, and, and from that you would think of golden age and silver age books, mm-hmm. like of a bygone era. And, I don't know. Maybe it just that it feels. I don't see that necessarily as you know an altogether a positive. I I yeah. I like a weird like a a, a twist. Uh, you know, Fraser Irving you mentioned, and he does a painting a same kind of painting style, but it's darker or you know there's a more a melancholy there or you know it's it's he's more. I know. I, I it's even hard to describe. I guess it's it's it's. It's it's a weirdness in it. It doesn't try and be classic. Mm-hmm. And this is like I don't even know. Like you look at his covers now, which is I mean he generally just does covers now because he the the I, I, it, the amount of time it takes him to do one. I don't, he can't. I, I imagine he can't keep up with a monthly comic book pace. Um, and he probably makes much more money just doing covers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, do, do you think that he has some sort of style guide that he goes by or, cause you know, a lot of, or is it just like, I know what people like. They like when I do this, so I'll just do that for the most part. Irving or Ross? Ross. Ross. He's definitely got, I don't know if I'd call it style guide. If he's got a style guide, it's one that he's invented. Right. That's what I mean. But I mean, I don't think he, when you, when he became so famous for Marvels and this, and now people hire him for covers for generally books that are like, you know, they are going for that big, bold, classic, mm-hmm. you know, epic nostalgia feeling. Do you think that he just knows that that's what people want? So let's do that. Well, you know, when you're an illustrator and you're established, people just sort of want to come to you for that one thing. Right. You know, and, you know, some people grow and change and start to do different things, but. Typically, once you make a name doing one look, you're you're that look. That is that's what you're gonna do. You can go deeper into that look, but you can't really shift. People are weirded out by that. They don't understand, you know, artistic exploration. Um, in terms of sort of keeping things like sort of on a a, a similar that sort of similar look. I mean, he uses a lot of model and photo real or photo reference. Right. I mean, it's 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 extensive. He probably had, you know, a dozen or more, probably more models for this book of just real people taking like tons of pictures. I'm sure this book was just exhaustively uh, researched and labored over. Like it was very much a labor of love on his part. Um, but I mean, you can really tell that this stuff is coming from photographs and and posed people mm-hmm. because it's posed mm-hmm. everything everything is a pose yes there's there's no energy you know like th- this picture on the cover and every every action scene is just like this like it doesn't look like they're hitting each other it looks like they're standing there in front of a camera Waiting to be told they can stop standing like that. It, I mean, it looks pretty good, but if it's all a pose, it's not, it doesn't have the energy. It's not like looking at 
say, Chris Vision's Constantine, when Constantine was in that punk band and he's bending over that microphone and, like, all the energetic lines and you feel the energy and the motion. That, he might have used some reference, but that comes from, that comes from your head. That comes from confident, fast drawing. This is thoroughly researched and carefully drawn. I mean, well done, obviously, but it's the slow way, and it looks stiff and rigid because of it. Did that did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I I I, I mean, and if you look at, I, I think that he probably. I mean, I, I imagine he gets some sort of. I, at this point, people are just like, "Here is what we want. Do your your take. You know, your do the out. Give it the Alex Ross treatment." Yeah. So he probably has some. It's hard to read into that, but I. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like his name means as much as it used to mean. Well, he was kind of like he was held on a pedestal as like the artist. He was the guy, you know, for mm-hmm. years. You know, he was he he did something that completely changed the landscape. Something that no one else was doing. You know, he made it real, and it was something people were hungry for. They wanted it to be taken seriously they wanted the legitimacy of that of the movie look you know real people and they i think i i think obviously a lot of people were wanting that return to you know the the nostalgic superman they wanted some alternative to to that popular 90s bullshit which was in itself just it was a i don't know it was its own reaction movements in art are very interesting i think we're going to have a huge wave of MRA comics in the next couple of years. Really? I would not be surprised. All this, uh, this, this pro feminism stuff, they're gonna be some angry, stupid neckbeards publishing some shit. I'd be surprised if there's not a lot of it already. I don't know that we're gonna see like a world of it. I mean, Image is not going to turn its back on this push. And I think that DC and Marvel are seeing the light, but I wouldn't doubt that something's going to gain traction because these people are these people are out there they have money it's true some of them can even probably draw stuff but i i think at least for the next couple of years we're going to see the most interesting and passionate people continue along with this push it's going to be interesting to see where it goes because things do tend to happen in uh oh god what's his name dan carlin calls it a sort of tiktok sequence mm-hmm. you know the pendulum swings one way and then it swings back the other way. So it'll be interesting to see what's the reaction to, you know, our current sort of twee and pro-feminist sort of comic scene. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what that reaction is. We go back to this, but neck beardy. I don't know. I, I Hopefully it doesn't, it's not negative. I, I'm not saying I'm wishing for it. No, no, I, I think that, that publishers, Mm-hmm. Are gonna go where the money is at the end oh, of the day. That is right. That and is that is that is their job. Yeah, that is what they have to do. And they have no friggin' choice. They're not a charity. The article that you posted on our Facebook, I think, is you know those books succeed and exist because people yes. are buying. Yes, and that's every bit of that equation is great, but one side does not happen without the other. Some of this stuff probably tried to get made 20 years ago, and it probably died 
because it just it, it it fell on deaf ears. Either that, or they just decided not to do it because they knew it would fall on deaf ears. Yeah, and I don't know. It's complicated, and it's a very it subtle shift. Mm-hmm. When you don't even realize it, when you, then suddenly a year, a couple years later, like wow, yeah, some things are different now. I mean, really, a lot of this stuff wasn't really happening even when we first started this podcast. It's all kind of popped up in the last year and a half. Really, was got got some real momentum. Yeah, you know, with the new like Marvel and DC push and Bitch Planet and. Hell, even uh, fresh romance, and I don't know. People five years ago would have told you selling comics to women is not a thing. It's I don't know. It's shifting pretty dramatically, and it's interesting. I think it'll continue on for a while, and hopefully create a lot of good content. It'll be interesting to see what happens from there. Yeah, and I don't this. I think this comic has suffered from the the changes in the intervening twenty years. It feels weird. It, it feels like that old man angry at cloud kind of thing. Totally. Where they're complaining about something that doesn't exist, but in 1996 it did exist. There was mm-hmm. a very stark, I, I'm, you know, the 90s hit hard. There was, and a lot of people really liked those terrible comics for some reason or another. And, uh, I, I guess all because they were rejection in a lot of ways of the old things, even though yeah. not necessarily, they were new and different. Um, but new and different, a rejection of the comics, comic book code made you feel like an adult. I, yeah, to a certain extent. Even Preacher kind of fits that category. Yeah, yeah. Preacher's actually good though. Preacher is actually good. I'm still waiting to see that. Not sure about that show, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will see. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Eric? No, this has been an interesting talk. I, I went a lot of places I didn't think it was going to. It's the way we do it. That is, that is how we do. Uh, for not next week, but two weeks from now, we are taking a week off. Eric has to go, uh, be another, he has to be another best man. Mm-hmm. He has to be the best again. I have to, yep. But when we do come back in two weeks time, we will be reading, uh, the second of the Aurora West Battling Boy Books, The Fall of the House of West, it is called, uh, just came out by Paul Pope, J.T. Petty, David Rubin, Rubin. I've yet to read it. I own it. I know Eric's on, is, Eric's copy is on his way to him. Mm-hmm. And I am excited because these Battling Boy Books are really good. They are. <laughs> they are excellent. Old PP knows how to make some comics. And, uh, we'll be discussing that. So you have two weeks now to read, uh, to read this book and grab yourself a copy and, and read it and listen to us discuss it. Um, I think with that, we can call, call it, call it a day this episode. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us on iTunes. If you like the show, uh, if you uh, enjoy us, please give us a five star review. Subscribe to us. Uh, it really helps us out, helps us find new people, new listeners. We really like that, of course. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Handsome Boys Comics Hour, or on Twitter at HBC Hour. On our website is handsomeboyscomicshour.com, uh, which has links to all those things. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-A-S-T-R-C-R-A-L. Eric, where can they find your things online? What a great question. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see most of the other things I get up to online at uh, 
ericzgoodnight.com. I think I need to add my Instagram to that now that I think about it. I have been doing, uh, been slowly trickling my Inktober stuff to my Twitter, uh, but also Instagram, Facebook. You can get me on all those things. I'm Eric Z. Goodnight. On Twitter, I am at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R Bad Example. On the Instagram, I think I am just Easy Goodnight. I've never had to say it on air. There. Now you have. Now I have. Uh, So that, folks, uh, have a good one. Rock and roll. (laughs) 